0: Eagles Entertainment.
1: Eagle Eye in the Sky is fueled by Gatorade, the official sports drink of the Philadelphia Eagles.
0: Anything that move! I don't care how it is. Just do Give me everything you got. Play fast, play hard. Let's beat these boys tonight in their house. It's party time. It's party time. Let's go. Touchdown!
1: You are listening to the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast. Now here's your host, Bran Duffy. That's right of the week, and we've got a big win at home to break down as the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast fueled by Gatorade continues. I'm Fran Duffy, and as always, I think we've got a great show for you here on episode number 374. At the top of today's show, we've got Chalk Talk, where I chat with Greg Cosell from NFL Films so that we can break down everything we saw from the Eagles win over the New Orleans Saints at Lincoln Financial Field. There were some really cool things to break down from this game, and Greg and I will get into it all before we turn our focus towards next week's matchup against the New York Giants. Before we get there, a couple of quick things I want to make sure we hit on some housekeeping here at the top of the show number one make sure you head on over to our Apple podcast page make sure number one that you're subscribed but number two if you want to throw us your support the best way is to go on Apple podcast leave us a rating leave us a comment if you've got a question we will answer it every single week here on the show also make sure you go check out uh, across all of our Eagles digital channels some of our other football analysis content I just recorded the all 22 review where I break down all of the film from the plays that Greg and I are going to be discussing here on the Show So make sure you go watch the All-22 review and check out my post-snap read where I focused in on this Eagles rushing attack and all the different things they're doing at such a high level uh, with one of the top offensive attacks in the league right now. So we'll break it all down over on the post snap read. Also, if you're still in the podcast and you want to make sure that you want to be in tune with everybody that's being talked about as some of the top picks for next year's NFL draft, make sure you go subscribe to the Journey to the Draft podcast. Myself, Ben Fennel, Dane Brugler, Ross Tucker, Eric Galco, every single week we have another rotation of so many guests that we're bringing in on a weekly basis over on that show. Make sure you go check it out wherever podcast can be found. That said, let's get into the rest of this show as I catch up with Greg Cosell. It's time for Chalk Talk. Let's get down to business. It's time for Chalk Talk. All right, well, time to dive into the tape from this big win, Eagles over the New Orleans Saints at Lincoln Financial Field, as I welcome in Greg Cosell. And, Greg, uh, as we get ready for Week 12 here in the 2021 season, a big win to discuss here for the Eagles. Their first win at home here uh, in this season. Also, their first win streak of the 2021 season, the first win streak uh, here under Nick Sirianni and this offensive coaching staff. Um, interesting to kind of start on that side of the football and uh, get your
0: thoughts on what you saw from the offense in this game. Oh. You know, it's, it's interesting. It was the second week in a row that I felt this way, but I think we're seeing a pretty distinct profile developing with their offense. Um, it's a high-percentage shotgun offense the last two weeks. Hertz uh, is the foundation of it. He's the foundation of a multiple-run game uh, that features a lot of different concepts, and we can talk more about those in a moment. Um, a pass game that features fairly base concepts with defined reads, um, and first down shot plays that often start possessions. Um, in many ways, it's what the Ravens have done um, in in each of uh, Lamar Jackson's first two years as a starter that was really effective. Uh, it's very much like that. Hertz is now clearly the foundation of this offense. It all starts with him, and it starts with the run game dimension, both with him as a runner and with his impact as a potential runner on any given run concept in any yeah. given run concept.
1: Yeah, And that's the thing we talked about this last week after the win in Denver was, uh, you know, watching them against the Broncos. It wasn't just the basic zone read, uh, read the end man, the line of scrimmage and it's inside zone. We saw <clears throat> so many different uh, elements of the quarterback run game. And the beauty of it is, is that when you're preparing for this offense now, there's so many different elements to it from a, Hey, it could be downhill gap schemes. It could be inside zone. It could be perimeter run schemes. uh, It could be option run game. We saw some speed option there uh, from the Eagles. We've seen some other elements out in the perimeter in space, but then also the QB read elements. And you never know when Jalen hurts is putting his ball, putting the ball into the back of the, or into the belly of the back. You don't know if he's reading or not, or if it's just a design run, but you have to respect it regardless. (laughs)
0: Well, the other thing that I really like, and I think maybe this is a subtlety, you know, other I'm not saying I'm the only one who notices, that's ridiculous, but I think it's part of what they do is certain down and distance situations, you pretty much know what you're going to get from the defense in terms of coverage. And I thought a really good example of that was Hertz 20 yard run on the third possession. It was third and two. Yep. And it was really, it's a third and two is a man coverage down and distance for most defenses. Absolutely, it is for the Saints, and I thought that you know that play, as you probably recall, was a zone read element off gap scheme action by Power the yep. offensive line. Yeah, yeah, and and it, see, it had it had gap scheme action by the O line, but outside zone action in the backfield. Yep, and because it was a third and two and a man coverage down in distance. To play side, Goddard had what I call an easy release. And so he removed Jenkins, who was covering man-to-man as a run defender. And Hertz held the mesh point, and that really created a problem for the unblocked D and Jordan. And, you know, now you've got Hertz and Jordan. It's essentially Hertz and Jordan one-on-one. And, you know, I just thought that was such a great example of not just a concept, but understanding the down-and-distance situation and how it applies to the concept yeah, and that's
1: the thing is that you know you mentioned that play, and that's an action where you mentioned it's uh, power, it's QB power read. So uh, for basically the way the offensive line is blocking this is that it's power football for them. You got you got the double team at the point of attack blocking down. You've got the pulling guard coming from the backside. Uh, that's that's power football through and through. Uh, your old school power, except it's the quarterback. Who is going to be the ball carrier? Now he is reading one of the guys on the line of scrimmage. You mentioned Cam Jordan. He's reading Cam Jordan, and he either is going to keep the ball and run power, or he's handing the ball off to Miles Sanders. I believe it was Sanders on that play, uh, who is running outside zone. He's running out towards the sideline, and so you've got a couple of different run plays built in there. And again, this goes back to what we talked about last week. The Eagles ran a couple different uh, examples of counter read where, and uh, they right. did this in this game as well, where sometimes the counter blocking is meant for the running. Sometimes the counter blocking is meant for the quarterback, and so the offensive line. Everything looks the same uh, for the quarterback. The reads change, but everything is looking different for the defense. All these different looks, and that uh, the multiplicity of this run game is certainly one of the strengths right now.
0: Well, and you know it's funny you say that because there's two run game elements who a play like that, and we've seen that with with the Eagles, Um, and you see that, you know, as I mentioned, we've seen it with the Ravens for years. So you put Jordan in a difficult spot because. Whatever he's reading, and again, I, I don't know exactly how he's taught, but certainly he can see the guard start to pull around. Um, and so does he does he squeeze in and take on a block as if it's it's a power run, you know, a gap scheme run? Or does he sit there and wait for Hertz because Hertz in the backfield it has his own read element? I mean, you're asking Jordan to go through a lot of mental gymnastics in about, you know, an eighth of a second with an athlete in Hertz and an athlete in Sanders. Um who's better than he is <laughs> you know both are better than he is so you know just plays like that I think are a really good mix of concept and down and distance and there were a number of those in this game and this is what this offense has really become and I think it's it's uh uh I think it's been really good I mean it's the second consecutive game Hertz is been almost exclusively, I mean, obviously they did put him under center at times, but almost exclusively in the gun with the zone read dimension automatically featured. When he's in the gun and you have an offset back next to him, the zone read is automatically featured and the defense has to think about that. That's to respect it, yep. Right. And then you have the multiple, then they've been very multiple with the run game concepts, including misdirection, jet action, a little speed option toss he had to Sanders, which plays off the whole zone read element. Um, Then the easy releases by the tight end. That's an important tactic as well. So there's a lot going on here that makes it very difficult for defenses to really, I guess, play with certainty. You start to get a little tentative and you start to have to wait and see what happens as opposed to reacting. And that, you know, when defenses have to wait and see, then the offense has an advantage.
1: Yeah, and you mentioned the, some of the jet action stuff we've seen in the backfield. Often that has been uh, Jalen Rager as that movable piece yep. in the backfield, and they've shown that they're willing to give it to him on some of those plays. We saw the orbit last week. Uh, certainly that, that goes for a loss, right? But the defense still has to game plan for those plays. There was a couple of weeks ago uh, where he had three such touches on some of those gadget looks uh, that led to an Eagles touchdown. Sure. Right? So, yeah, that's something that the Eagles are the opposing defenses have to prepare for, and they're using that motion now in this offense to to help create space in the run game. I mean, that that game-stealing touchdown from Jalen Hurts late in this game in the fourth quarter – you got the the pre snap jet motion from Jalen Rager that removed Demario Davis from the box that took him their best run defender at the second level and took him away from the play and now you've got zone read and Jalen Hurts reads to the end he makes him miss he throws so the you're talking He's about the are you
0: talking about the Howard eighteen yard run? No, I'm
1: talking about the the Jalen Hurts touchdown run. The, his the, his third oh, touchdown yeah, run. Oh yeah yeah uh, yeah And but, but uh, the the Howard eighteen yard that was off the counter replay uh, where you had that motion it was a big part of that yep. play as well yep. uh, throughout the course
0: but, of the game. But the but the Howard eighteen yard run which started I believe the sixth possession came on a gap scheme concept off Rager jet action who's and the timing of that made it look like Rager could have been handed the ball and you saw the impact on both stack backers Alexander and Davis Uh, so you know this is what you do I mean this is their run game is now really really impressive and then you can still line up and run a base run like a ct pull where sanders runs 25 yards to the yep. boundary and kelsey looked like he was 23 instead of 33
1: yeah or you get in, you know, into 13 personnel with jack Stoll in the backfield as a fullback and you run power lead with jordan howard for uh for 10 yards right i mean that's right. the thing is that you have all of these things and if you're a defense there's a giant rolodex of, of not just personnel package but hey like all these different bodies that are potentially carrying the football it's, it's just a lot to prepare for and i think it's the other thing a lot. Yeah, and, and what yeah. we've also seen the last few weeks, too, you mentioned you, you, all the different things they can tag on the back end from an RPO standpoint, from a screen game standpoint. Um, they, they, we're just seeing this offense continue to evolve and add layers, which uh, certainly yeah. and, led and to their success.
0: But I think it's evolved in a way that they feel, and, and obviously because they're doing it, we're just talking about it, they're doing it, um, <clears throat> where they feel it makes the best use of their players. You know, so that that's the bottom line point uh because that's what good coaches try to do and you know i think this i think this offensive staff was trying to figure out the, the w- way to best use all these different parts starting with the quarterback and i think they've reached a consensus here that this is the best way for this offense to function effectively and to create a lot of problems for defenses and I think we've seen it the last two weeks be really, really effective. I would expect it to continue this way, and then they'll they'll continue to add layers, and then they'll continue to add some misdirection. I guarantee you're going to see it, some throwback passes coming down the road, friend. It, it's coming. Yeah,
1: right. That's that's going to be continue to add uh, you know more layers into this offense. And I, yeah. I think when you look at just from a, a player execution standpoint, just looking at this game, uh, and I guess we get we can start at quarterback. Uh, look, Jalen Hurts coming off that Denver game. A lot of hype, a lot of buzz, right? He had that great first half. Uh, They really kind of uh, put it into uh, cruise control there for the second half. He threw three passes uh, in the third and fourth quarter of that game against Denver. Um, So, and he looked as good as he's ever looked as a passer. Now, came back a little bit, I think, in this game in terms of throwing the football. There were a couple plays where uh, he left some plays on the field, which is fine. Again, that's part of the uh, evolution and the development of a young quarterback. But uh, continuing to put his team in position to make plays, and then when his numbers called, uh, you know, he was able to make. A number of throws on third down to Dallas Goddard. There were three completions to Goddard. that were really impressive. He made some throws that were incomplete in the second half that I thought were really good throws. He hit Devontae Smith on the 33 yarder blitz man coverage third down. Right. So uh, a lot of those key situations where he's been able to come out and execute as a passer. And that's certainly what you're looking to see, you know, looking for from a young quarterback.
0: Yeah. You know, and again, I mean, it's funny, the 33 yarder was extremely lucky because as you well know, uh, the play design was for Smith on the quick slant. And I don't, only he could tell you why he didn't throw it, but he was fortunate enough to be able to stay in the pocket and hit him as he kept, as Smith kept running across the field. Um, But yeah, but I think, you know, you play this way to maximize what hurts is and it's really effective right now. And there's no reason to change. You just keep adding layers and you make the defense have to play all these different elements and dimensions to what you do. And it's, it's hard and we'll see, you know, how long they can keep it going. But right now, I mean, I thought, I thought from a a conceptual and tactical standpoint that this, this, Performance against the Saints was was pretty impressive.
1: Yeah, it was about as good as we've yeah. seen for sure uh, so far this season. Um, looking at the the from a pass protection standpoint, the other thing that really stood out to me uh, certainly there were plays where the New Orleans uh, where the New Orleans Saints blitzed and you know Dennis Allen sent some extra rushers, but very often you could see whether it was a three man rush or a four man rush, uh, they were willing to mush rush and try and keep Jalen in the pocket and force him to win uh, from that spot. And there were uh, numerous occasions where uh, the protection oh, yeah. was holding up well uh, and they're trying to force him to try and play that way
0: yeah no question I mean they 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 pretty much I think you saw that on the the third and six on the second possession when he had got it for 16 yep. yards on the out route yep I mean the Saints played cover one they they were in dime they had PJ Williams as a spy, but they also had Alexander and Davenport clearly defending Hertz's movement to his right. I mean, both those guys were not really rushing the quarterback and they were just waiting for Hertz to move to his right. But obviously the throw was there within the design and and timing of the, uh, of the play. So he threw it to Goddard for 16 yards. Yeah.
1: I think, you know, the big thing I think for Eagles fans to follow is that uh, just continuing to see Jalen Hurts execute uh, in those key situations, you know, whether it's third down red zone, he's been really consistent with taking care of the football over the course of this season, but uh, continue to come out and just execute on those money downs on those important high leverage awesome. situations.
0: One other play really stood out to me. And I think sure. this coaching staff's really been doing a good job in recent weeks uh, is when he hit Smith on the tunnel screen on third and six. Yeah. that was big time against cover zero. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because the thing that I liked about it is they, they knew that that was coming. They anticipated that they anticipated the pressure and that was a great call versus that because you, you know, you got the ball away from the pressure immediately. Um, so, you know, little things like that. I mean, in the, You know, the course of a game, a 14 yard play might not seem like a lot, although it was a third down conversion. But I thought that it was just really, you know, again, one thing I've learned and and I've been fortunate the last two years to spend a lot of time talking to coaches and they pretty much know what the other team's going to do. And, you know, when I see something like that, that to me is not luck. They knew what was coming. They anticipated it. They expected it and they made a call to beat it.
1: Yeah, and then, I mean, honestly, that, that play, I, I know it only went for 14, like you said, for all intents and purposes, it should have been a touchdown, right? I mean, they, they had like six blockers out. I know, uh, I know. They had so defenders. many guys out
0: in front. Yeah, yeah
1: Marshawn Lattimore made yeah. an outstanding play. He beat the block from J.J. side whiteside uh, You know, and if one of the offensive linemen had seen that there was going to be some leakage there and just throwing one arm out, uh, you know, that, that goes to the house. But a great play by Marshawn Lattimore uh, to stop what should have been a touchdown on third down against the cover zero. It was a big-time play uh, defensively. Um, let's, let's shift our attention to the offensive line as well. You know, because I think when we talk about the X's and O's, it's easy to forget uh, sometimes about the way that, this line is playing. And I thought this game in particular was a really good example. Uh, Obviously, when you look at the performance across the board, I mean, last week we talked about how Lane Johnson really stood out, but in this game, everybody kind of chipped in. I mean, there were great blocks from literally everybody across the line, I thought really chipped in uh, here in the run game and everybody kind of has their strengths, right? I mean, uh, Landon Dickerson is so good blocking vertically in a phone booth, just moving guys off the football. Whereas Jack Driscoll, he's been more uh, effective as a polar out in space, kind of getting him uh, on the move. And we know what Jason Kelsey can be, uh, you know, on the move as well, but he's also displacing guys on double teams. We're just seeing a little bit from everybody. And I think all of those guys really chipped in and had some impressive blocks here in this game.
0: Yeah. And you, I know you watch the individual guys more than I do. But all I can say is in watching the tape, the offensive line was never an issue. So I wasn't, you know, no. studying each guy individually the way you do. Uh, but it, it was, I never came away from, you know, plays going, wow, that offensive line really had a tough time there. I mean, no. they controlled the game to the point where the Eagles offense could execute the what they wanted to execute consistently. It, it, I never felt like the Eagle offense got stuck.
1: I mean, the, the fact of the matter is, is that that was the number one run defense in the NFL yep. coming into this game. I mean, for all of the, for, by every metric, uh, they were the best w- there was at stopping the run. And the Eagles went out and ran for 242 yards uh, and put up a ridiculous amount of uh, of production on the ground. You know what they did after contact, before contact, uh, just an outstanding performance against no. a really good. And this wasn't like a smoke and mirrors run defense. This no. was a legitimate,
0: no. really good group. No yeah, it was it was just a really good a really good mix of scheme tactics and execution. Yeah. it was it was what you want you know it was and and you know until they just had a couple three and outs later that made it seem like the Saints would come back in the game it's it they clearly the offense clearly controlled the Saints defense. And then the other big thing
1: I want to make sure I want to hit on uh, with you, Greg, was the uh, extension for Dallas Goddard. We saw a couple of catches for him in this game, but uh, he signs a a contract extension last Friday. Uh, Obviously you and I have been fans of Goddard for a long time, you know, going back to his tape in college, but uh, we know the kind of tight end he can be. He's kind of put that on display over the last month since being the guy, but uh, interested to kind of get your thoughts on the Eagles locking him up and making him their guy now
0: for the next few years. Well, I really, uh, to me, the only issue is his durability. Can he stay healthy? Because I think Goddard has the kind of talent and clearly now the way they're using him, he could start to put up meaningful numbers. um, I think he's got the kind of talent that could make him a top five tight end in the NFL. Uh, so, my as I said, my hope is he can stay healthy. I think given the way they're running offense, um, the bottom line is, as it stands now, who knows, it could expand further. Smith and Goddard are going to get the targets. Yep. So I think Goddard is going to get targets on a weekly basis. Um yep. This week, I guess he had five for 62, something like that. In, in previous weeks, he's had bigger gains. There were some available. You know, I think they there was one where he was early in the game where pressure prevented hurts from, from actually getting him the ball. Um, uh, he was hit as he threw it. I think it was the second. I think it started the second possession if memory serves me correctly. Yes. Um, it was a shot play Hertz was yep. under center at a 13 personnel. Am I remembering this correctly? Yep. He but he was trying to step into the throw. He couldn't, he was hit yeah. as he threw and the ball came out short. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was play action with flood opposite with Goddard, the intermediate crosser. And, and he, he was open. It would have been a big play. Uh, but Davenport drove, uh, I think it was Tyree Jackson, too, if I'm it not It was, right. yeah, it was Tyree Jackson on the front and side. He drove yep. him back into the pocket, so he couldn't quite make the throw. But that, you know, assuming it would have been complete, God, it was open. It probably would have been a 30, 35 yard gain.
1: Yeah. No, it's uh, I mean, completions were certainly there um, you know, for this offense. And, that, and that's the thing too, is I think when you look at the second half of this game, and I think a lot of people point in and, and Nick here and I said this is that hey, I was probably a little bit too conservative, but that, that's a tough situation as a coach when you know it's uh what was the, I mean it was thirty it was thirty-three to seven at one point, right? Early third quarter. Yeah. Uh, you're kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't, right? Well, if you're passing the football and you and now you turn the ball over, you get sacked. Now everyone say, Oh, well, you know, why why are you being aggressive there? Why aren't you running the ball? And then if you go the other way and you're running the ball and uh, against the number one run defense. And you get stopped a few times. Well, now it's all you're too conservative. So, uh, kind of a tough spot as a coach in that sp- in that position. But um, obviously, the Eagles are able to come through uh, late in this game. Well, you're also playing, so playing to your
0: defense, which we'll get to here in a sure. second. You're playing to your defense, which at that point had dominated the game. Yeah. So, so you know, it, there was a sense that you're playing the clock as much as you are the score. So. Look, you know how it is. I mean, it's always easy to, to comment after we have access exactly. to the results. And and yeah, did they make it 33-22? And did maybe for a moment you, Eagles fans start to think that, oh my God, what's going to happen here? But you're playing that game the way it played out. And, you know, that's all you can do. So let's talk about the defense. And I, a week ago, after the Denver game, you
1: and I sat here on the show, and I asked you what were some of the big takeaways. There were two big ones that stood out for me, and we discussed them and said, "Will this? Is this a one-game thing? This is what they felt like would work against Denver, or would we continue seeing this moving forward?" We saw the the secondary play a little bit more aggressive and challenge receivers earlier in the route. And then we also saw a defense that on third down was really turning up the heat on the quarterback. And it turns out both things carried over to this week. We saw the same things
0: here against the saints. Well, if you want to ask me what my biggest, takeaway was, (laughs) I would say blitz and man coverage was the Eagles profile out of dime on third down. That was my takeaway. This defense looked totally different, even from a week ago against Denver. I mean, they were, they played dime on third down, uh, for the mo- In the first half, for sure. After That's the, the thing. first yep. third down, they played dime on every third down in the first half. Then the second half with the big lead, they went back to nickel. But I think there were five or so third downs in the first half after the first one where they played dime, where they went man coverage, and they blitzed. And they featured different blitzers. Um, you know, they featured DBs. You saw... Um, you saw Maddox, you saw Epps, you saw McLeod, and they featured Singleton as a blitz. So they featured different blitz concepts, but they were man blitzes. And they even showed zero uh, on, on one of them. So, you know, this, def- this defense just looked different. It looked like an aggressive defense as opposed to a sit back defense and catch. And that's the thing.
1: I think when we were just talking about the change in philosophy from first half to second half for the offense, I think same thing defensively. You're up 33, seven at this point. Hey, rather than continue to show our cards and put more things on tape, let's just kind of get back and play a little bit more conservative. Uh, If they want to kind of chip away and make their way down the field and uh, chip away at the score, maybe we get back to it, but uh, I don't, it wasn't surprising at all to, to see how the, the philosophy changed in the second half. But I agree. You look at that first half, it was all dime on third down. There was no base defense at all in the first half. Now, I don't no, know how much no. that uh, it had to do with some of the injuries they had at linebacker, but no base at all, really, in the first
0: half. I we think didn't it was a really uh, snaps. I mean, I think the first time they played 5-2 base came early in the second quarter, and that was in the red zone. So you almost have to discount right. that. It was yep. in the tight red zone. So that, that that's when everything is different anyway. So they really stepped away from that as well. They had been kind of a 5-2 base. They didn't really play base defense in this game as a foundational Approach, you know. So they played four two, and then they played dime on third down. Um, and and you know, the first possession on third and eleven, they went zero blitz at a dime, and Maddox and Epps came off the edge. Maddox got in clean. Um, you know, it's really interesting. Um, I was talking to Jason Avant, and we talked about Maddox Maddox extension, and we said there are two things that we really haven't seen him do much at all this year simply because of the way they play defense, and that's play a lot of man coverage and blitz. So here we are against the Saints. They play a lot of man coverage, and he blitzes. So, um, And I actually think Maddox is a pretty feisty competitive player. I like Maddox. I think he's he's a quality slot corner. They obviously do, too, or they wouldn't have signed him. Um, But this was just a... um, a totally different defense i mean it was it it, it was kind of fun to watch
1: Yeah, it's uh, certainly a really fun unit to watch over these last couple of weeks. And um, just the way they performed in this one early on in this first half, uh, a lot of really good takeaways. And uh, Um, I think when you look at at the front, I mean, we saw some good rushes from Fletcher Cox. We saw some good rushes from Josh Sweat. Hargrave continuing to disrupt. Uh, When you have that ability to challenge, play a little bit more man-to-man at the perimeter, that forces the quarterback to hold on to the ball a little bit longer. That allows that rush to get on. We didn't see sacks necessarily from the front four, but the disruption and the pressure was certainly a big part of this game
0: couple of points. Number one, I'm certainly not smarter than Jonathan Gannon, but I was really happy to see Josh Sweat predominantly line up as a wide 90 in because I think that's the strength of his game. Um, I mean, that kind of so
1: way that you mentioned the lack of that five, two base. I mean, that, that was really yeah. where we saw sweat line up inside when you got away it's from that as a technique. Yeah, yeah. Right.
0: Yeah. Um, <clears throat> the other thing I thought Fletcher Cox had a really good game. He um, did. Yep. Uh, for instance, the slave 51 yard interception return, which I want to talk about anyway, mention it. Uh, I mean slay was phenomenal there. He, that was cover 3 and he was playing um off coverage it was big time. Um, and he just he jumped the, the, the throw cuz Simeon to me didn't do anything wrong. That's a timing spot throw on an out route. You you can't wait on that throw if you're a quarterback. You're expecting your receiver to win and you throw it to a spot and he wins on the route. Well, slay just did an unbelievable job. But I think an overlooked part of that, not to you, but maybe to people, you know, because the focus is on Slay, was I thought Cox's pressure forced Simeon to drift and leave the throw too far inside. You could see that that he that Simeon felt Cox and, and sort of drifted and fell away from the throw. And therefore the throw was a little to the inside, and that really allowed Slay to to finish the great play. Something to uh, to watch later this week here on
1: Eagles Game Plan. Uh, I might have Eagles defensive coordinator Jonathan Gannon on to talk about that exact ah. moment. Uh, so something to good, – good tease there uh, on your end there, Greg. Uh, I, I agree. I thought Fletcher Cox had a really good performance. Run game, pass game, uh, just a really disruptive presence. Uh, you talked about Avante Maddox getting his extension over the weekend. Another Eagle uh, on defense that also got his extension, he got it on Monday morning, was linebacker TJ Edwards, uh, another player that consistently has been showing up over this, this last oh, so month that just show.
0: That just happened, huh? Okay. Huh?
1: Yeah, it just happened uh, today, and I, I, when you look at Edwards, uh, so much of what we've talked about with him has been in the run game, but in this game, I thought we saw more examples of him impacting the pass game, and not just the interception uh, that helped set up the Eagles' first touchdown, but uh, finding different ways to impact in coverage. He had the PBU on the two-point conversion. He had the disruption right. at the catch point uh, in the flat against the running back. He took away a nice dagger concept and rallied to the football uh, in the first half, so just sh- seeing him show up in a number of different ways. He's always been a super instinctive player, whether it's against the run or against the pass but I thought this game was a good example of what he can do in that phase of the game
0: yeah and, and clearly he's plays a ton of snaps and and by the way I I want to get Ted Edwards in a sec but what what do you know what Davian Taylor's injury is uh, It was a it was a lower
1: body injury. Uh, basically, he's going to injury reserve. I can tell you that. I know oh, that uh, okay. Nick Sirianni did say that today. Uh, Davion Taylor has a knee a knee sprain. He's going to be yeah. most likely headed to IR as we get
0: more information. As uh, for Nick Sirianni, It's a me. shame because I think he's been getting better and better each week. Yes. But anyway, Edwards has played really well. I mean, it's funny you mentioned the interception. It was a it was a bad throw by Simeon and a great play by Edwards. You know right. what I, you know what I mean? Yes. Because Simeon, number one, he didn't account for Edwards, which is what made it a great play by Edwards. But he threw it way too flat yep. to the open Troutman on the second level crosser. But hey, that takes nothing away from Edwards. That was a very athletic play, not the kind of play we normally expect to see from Edwards. But he's played really well.
1: Yeah, he, he really has. Uh, you know, again, both run game and pass game. Um, you mentioned Darius Slay, that interception. He had a couple other pass breakups. He, he played uh, really well. Game. He's I think really he playing well. playing
0: really well this year. Yeah. Uh I, I thought absolutely. even to start the game. I mean, and he's come under a lot of fire, but I thought, you know, the first play of the game, the Eagles opened the game playing cover one at a nickel. Uh, they threw the back shoulder fade to Callaway and Nelson made a really good play on the ball. Yep. You, yeah. know, and, out you know, and impressed man. That, yep. In press man. And that started the game right away. Hey, we're coming out. We're playing cover one. This is not going to be a soft defense. We're coming out to play today. I thought that was really good. Yeah. I
1: thought just overall, like even watching, um, just going back, I watched the, the defense a couple of times today and just the the way that they fit the run overall, you know, they had a couple of plays, you know, they were Ingram was able to get up to the second level, uh, especially on the perimeter. There were a couple of misfits there, but overall uh, I thought we saw some really good examples of just team run defense and that allowed them to get to third and long on a number of these cases, right. Where you saw uh, just overall across the board, everybody kind of chipping in. We saw some good fits from Rodney McLeod, Anthony Harris, chipping in and Avante Maddox playing downhill. Uh, just, is so much different than what we saw in those first few games of this season where uh, it just seemed like the Eagles just could not stop the bleeding just, against the run.
0: They just look like a different defense. right? It is. I mean, yeah. It, yeah. And, um, and the other player I'd really like to mention, and I know he doesn't play every snap, but I'm really curious to see where his career goes here, uh, especially since they have some age at safety, but I think Marcus Marcus has yeah. when he's played. Sure. And, you know, he was forced to play nickel one week, you know, in the fourth quarter when Maddox got hurt. Um, uh, I guess I was, was that two weeks ago against the Chargers? Yes, so it was against the yeah. Chargers. Yeah, uh, but I think he's played really well. Um, you know, again, you're probably watching him more as an individual play guy than I am, you know, uh, but I, I, to me, he's flashed and I think he's played very well.
1: Yeah, he and it's funny just kind of like tracking his career over the last couple of years. He can't when he first got to uh, to the Eagles, he was a a high velocity player, you know, and so he was always fast. He was always uh, flying to the football. Um, But sometimes uh, that can work against you as a defender, right? Where uh, maybe you're a little bit late to break down or you kind of bounce off contact, you arrive out of control. Uh, So he had some of those missed opportunities, those missed tackles or bad angles to the ball. He he seems to have really corrected those. You're not seeing nearly as many of those kinds
0: of plays. And I think he's got some versatility at, to to him. You know, obviously, they feel he can play the slot if need be. I mean, I'm sure they don't want him to play there a full game every snap, but no. they obviously feel he can do that if need be. He's matched he's against tight ends at times. He can play on the back end. He can yep. put him in the box. Uh, he's a, he's still a young player. I'm yep. very curious to see. Where his career goes? No, that's a, a really good point, and someone to
1: uh, certainly watch moving forward uh, with this Eagles team. But uh, I think we've hit on everything that we want to hit um, from this Eagles standpoint. Uh, just real quick, obviously, the Eagles play the Giants uh, here this week. Uh, you know, the Giants play on Monday Night Football. They actually kickoff has not started as we are uh, recording this. We're recording this early uh, Monday evening. Um, interesting kind of team. We don't need that. I don't think we need to dive into like the nitty gritty uh, with the Giants, but they've been kind of banged up over the, especially on offense. Yeah. They've been really banged up. They've lost some pieces guys were in and out of the lineup they're coming off a bye week so i for one am very interested to see what they look like here uh this week in week 11 against the tampa bay bucks but uh I, without diving too deep into the nitty-gritty um uh, you know daniel jones we've we'll got saquon barkley back in the lineup now uh interesting matchup here for the eagles moving into week 12.
0: Yeah, uh, it it will be very interesting because, you know, it's funny, the Giants record obviously is not great and we don't know what they'll do tonight. I remember last year they did play the Bucs and they actually played them very tough. Mm. And one of the things they did on defense that caused problems for the Bucs, and that was last year. So who knows? Was they... They really featured a lot of stunts up front, which caused problems, and they played a lot of split safety, and that caused problems. So that that obviously is specific to the Bucks. I, I doubt you're going to see that against the Eagles, where you, you're not going to play the run game, that multiple run game of the Eagles with split safety. Um, but uh, you know, offensively is is to me where I'm fascinated. You know, I, I think from what we're appears to be the case they're going to get their people back tonight obviously when people hear this the game will have have, you know happened already but I'm really curious to see what they can be offensively with a healthy Kadarius Tony and a healthy Kenny Galladay, because this is a team that has weapons and it, it, they have not been able to be together ex- with the exception of what, like two quarters this year. I yeah. Mean, I mean, it, Shepard's been in and out of the lineup. Yeah. Tone's
1: been in and out of the lineup. Galladay's been in and out of the lineup. Barkley's Barkley. been in and out of the lineup. Ingram's yeah. been in and out of the lineup. But literally all of their top
0: guys. Yeah. So, uh, you know, obviously – by tomorrow when people are hearing this, you know, who knows, but, but I, I don't, I guess my point is if all of those guys are healthy for next Sunday, they're not necessarily an easy offense to play against. They have talent.
1: Yeah, uh, you know, offensively, it seems like identity-wise, based off even like going back to last year as well. Uh, Jason Garrett wants to be able to run the football. They want to oh, be able no to establish West. that uh, with Saquon Barkley. A lot of quick game and play action. Uh, one of the bigger play action teams in the league so far. So that's something to watch here uh, on that side. And then defensively, it's a feisty group. Uh, a lot of sub package. Uh, those guys up front are really versatile. They've got a lot of production from the rookie second round pick Aziz Ojalari coming out of Georgia. Uh, so uh, yeah. he's been one of their top sack artists so far. And like I said, a lot of sub package. Doesn't look like they'll have Logan Ryan tonight, uh, but we'll see uh, if he's good to well, go. I would you made Logan a great point
0: about the run game because the last game they beat the Raiders in what was a close game, yeah. And if I'm not mistaken, Booker was 21 for nine, 99. So yeah. they want to run the ball, they want to run you the know, ball, they want, yeah, there's no question they want to do that. And, I mean, Saquon and then, was
1: hurt for most of last year and they leaned heavy on uh, on Wayne Gallman, uh, Wayne Gallman and Devontae yeah. Freeman, and you know, those are like they they want to run the football.
0: Yeah, so there's no question that's what they want to do. Yeah. Um, obviously you got to be in close games to do that. Yep. So we'll see what happens, you know, obviously next Sunday. But no matter what happens tonight, they want to run the ball. Yeah. So we will uh we'll be breaking down this game
1: uh later this week, right here on the podcast. So make sure you tune in for that. Man, <coughs> obviously if you're subscribed, uh stay subscribed and that episode will get sent uh to your podcast device. Until then, Greg, uh we will talk to you next week, breaking down Eagles Giants and uh previewing the following game against uh, Eagles Jets. All right, Fran, thanks. Hey Eagles fans, get ready for the game each Sunday with an exclusive look at Eagles pre-game warm-ups brought to you live each week when you join myself, Amy Campbell, and Eagles insider Dave Spadaro on the kickoff show presented by Exalta. We provide Eagles-focused analysis, late-breaking news, and the team perspective that you cannot get anywhere else. The kickoff show presented by Exalta can be seen live 50 minutes before kickoff on PhiladelphiaEagles.com, the Eagles mobile app, and the team's social media channels great stuff there from Greg who you can follow on Twitter just like I do at Greg Cosell and while you're at it, I'm at Eagles XO's that's where I post all the podcasts I'm a part of and all of our X's and O's content that we produce here with Eagles Entertainment and you know how much I appreciate everybody that promotes this podcast on all forms of social media that is one way to support the show but the best way is to go on an Apple Podcasts or Stitcher, leave us a rating, leave us a comment leave us a question and I appreciate everybody that has taken their time to go on and do exactly that in recent weeks thank you and thank you all of you out there for your continued support of this show and all the rest of our podcasts here with Eagles Entertainment. That being said, I think that'll do it. Another show in the books here on the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast, fueled by Gatorade for everybody here at the Novacare Complex. I am Fran Duffy. We will talk to you later this week. When the clock hits all zeros, the game might be over, but the action is not. Join us for the post-game show presented by Rico for instant reaction. Watch live as coach Nick Sirianni and Eagles players come to the podium and meet with the media. We will make sure you do not miss a word. Myself, Ike Reese, and Gabriella DiGiovanni will also break down the game live at the desk and hear from Eagles insider Dave Spadaro to get his thoughts. The post-game show presented by Rico can be seen on PhiladelphiaEagles.com, the Eagles mobile app, and the team's social media channels.